Winning Wellness. Today, we get the pleasure of hosting our very own Sarah Walsh. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How are you today? Doing okay. You know, um, weather changes like to make uh, head colds and allergies, Mm. but other than that, doing good. I hear that. I hear that for sure. Well, we hope to offer you some good insight today, listeners. So we are going to focus on the topic of grief. But before you switch gears and stop listening, don't let that scare you off. We are going to focus on what will hopefully be a bright light for you and how to move through some feelings and emotions that come with grief. So Sarah is actually going to share her expertise today uh, when it comes to moving through grief, approaching it in a real life way. And we're very, very fortunate to have this resource in you, Sarah, here at UFG. So Sarah is a senior communications specialist within corporate marketing. Many of you probably know Sarah or of her. Um, So we are very valuable we're very valuable. Eh, we're going to keep that in. We are valuable. UFG is <laughs> we very <are> strong. <laughs> we're very valuable. Um, but we do know, and if anyone is listening to this, um, I'm sure you know as well, grief can be hard. But Sarah and I just want you to know that we don't want you to do it alone. And that is why we're here. And that's why we're going to have this conversation today. So um, welcome, Sarah. If you want to just start by giving a little bit of your background at UFG, uh, let's just kind of dive in. Sure. Um, Well, first of all, hello to everybody who uh, tunes in. Um, Most people, I imagine, or I should say many people, because we've grown quite a bit in the years that I've been here, uh, many people probably have at least seen my name because it's all over UFG 360. (laughs) Um, But like Lindsay said, I'm a senior communications specialist at UFG, almost 16 years. Wow. um, Early next year. Yeah, I'm old. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um. Almost 16 years at UFG next spring. Um, I've been in the communications or corporate marketing department since December of 2011. So most of that 16 years. Um, Came into underwriting, got just enough underwriting experience to understand that I am not good enough to be in underwriting and popped back over to communications. Um, As for, you know, outside of work, um, Everyone's got a life of a lot of life experiences. Um, unfortunately, uh, I've had a lot of experience on the topic we're talking about today. Um, and at a certain point, that experience was not doing me any favors. So I decided to channel it into ways that I could help others. So I started volunteering, or I have in the past volunteered with the hospice house here in Cedar Rapids that is run through Mercy, uh, one of the hospitals here in town, (laughs) as an, what they call an 11th hour volunteer, and as a bereavement coordinator. And what an 11th hour volunteer does is kind of what it sounds like on the book, um, sits with people who may not have any family remaining. Um, You know, a lot of our older People in the community, they may be the last ones left Mm -hmm. in their family. Um, Or people who had, especially during COVID, who had family who couldn't join um, or who couldn't travel. And um, sitting with them so they're not alone when it's time. And on top of that, the bereavement coordination is sort of the other side of that coin. And it's 
It's working with the bereavement counselors at Mercy Hospice to speak with and sort of be that support for the families who've just lost someone. Okay. And um, helping them find resources, helping them um, understand as they're going through the hospice process, um, for the most part, unless something extreme happens, most people go through those same stages as they pass. And you can kind of start to recognize them if -hmm. you've been through it multiple times, if you've sat with someone as they've passed and kind of helping to guide people who maybe haven't had that experience. Um, And then on top of that, outside of, outside of that, I have certification as what's called an end of life doula and some people call it a death doula. I explain it to people as a, it's a midwife for the other end of life, like essentially. It. Okay, that makes sense. It, yeah. <laughs> it is um, not necessarily there. I'm not a doctor. Um, not any stretch of a nurse or doctor or any kind of medical, but sort of there to help the person who is being helped by hospice nurses, but also the family. Sure. These are the kind of things you're going to want to make sure you have prepared. These are the kind of things you're going to have to take care of after this person passes. You want to make sure you do this. Make sure you have this many number of of death certificates because you'll want to do this, this, and this. Just those kinds of like errands that you don't think of until you need it because there's so much more than people realize. Um, And... Not just that, but for example, there's a client I was working with a few weeks ago and just needed groceries. And I was like, cool, I'll go get groceries. Not a problem because it takes something off of their mind that they just don't have room for in their brain. Yeah, definitely. When you're going through something like that, the capacity is much lower just to handle regular life tasks. So that's such a crucial role. I love that. And just that's a prime example of how, yeah, like you said, you've used maybe less than ideal experiences or circumstances to just help others. Can you talk a little bit more about what's that, what that's done uh, for you and maybe your process of accepting maybe some less than ideal past situations and we don't have to go into past, but just the positive as to what that's done for you. Um, I don't mind. I think most, I'm fairly open about it and we're grateful for that. Oh, (laughs) Um, you know, it's, I've said this to you multiple times. I've said Mm -hmm. this to other people. It's the one thing that we all have in common. We're all going to do it. And we're all going to, we're all going to experience someone else in our lives doing it. Yep. And our society has sanitized Mm -hmm. and whitewashed the whole process so much that we've we've become uncomfortable with the idea of even being able to talk about it. I would agree. And, you know, a hundred, maybe 150 years ago in this country, a wake was literally your, your dead loved one in your living room and people coming to see the dead loved one in your house. Mm -hmm. And that's just so foreign, foreign to us now. Um, Which, you know, better sanitation practices, better funeral industry practices. That's all great. But it also removes, it kind of, 
factory makes a factory. Yes. You know, like I don't know what I'm trying to say, yes. but it, yeah. it it sanitizes it. It removes the emotion mm-hmm. from it. But then that kind of puts us on the wrong foot because we don't know how to process those emotions. Hundred percent. Because it doesn't matter if we sanitize it, we're still gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's what humans do. Yeah. Um most people, um, no, I since I've been 23 years old, I've lost my husband, both of my parents, um, both of my grandparents, a close aunt who is like a second mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to be the hard part. That's a couple okay. weeks ago, I lost my dog. Yeah. The timing of yeah. this is not the best, but that is, you we know, were just talking about this. <laughs> yes. And this <laughs> is, we were real. just talking about this prior to um, having you on. That is it's how life works sometimes. And I know there's someone out there that can relate. So hopefully you find hope in this. Like you are not alone. Life is messy. It's not a straight arrow. Um, So it kind of cements that point of, you know, it it doesn't, death doesn't happen when it's convenient for us. Yep. You know, my dog was four and a half years old. So it's like, it's not, convenient right um not that it's ever convenient to lose a pet or a loved one but i didn't want him to go no not at all nature had other nature had other you know ideas so um it is something that's very real and Mm -hmm. it's something that myself and many others i mean we're still living it day to day yeah you know and um i'm sure like a lot of people he was like He's my baby. He's my, my, my kid, you know? And so on top of the, just the loss, you've also got all the, the weirdness of life and getting used to things too. Right. That, yeah, that, um, that future, that moving forward, just the unknown. And I know that's something that, um, our group, when I was chatting with our employee resource group about, Hey, what kinds of things should we focus on? What, what do we want to talk about? Um, a few mentioned that, yeah, it grief and the loss of something doesn't have to be just a blood relative or actual tangible being. It could be, yes, pet loss of anything so and that's well, interesting and it doesn't just have to be a death yeah, um, yeah. Okay. we grieve breakups we grieve yep. friendship breakups divorces losses of jobs yep um physical abilities if you're someone who is very active and well for you example if yeah. you got you know into knock on wood an accident or yep. something you weren't be able to be as active as you have always been sure. you would grieve that loss mm-hmm. because it's still a loss yes and i think Instead of putting it, what, what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to help, you know, my friends and coworkers um, do is not put that grief and that loss on a pedestal and just like spend time with it mm-hmm. the way it deserves because yeah. that'll also help you out. I like that. I like that because that does to feel it and go through it. And I'll never forget you telling me this too. You're like, you said something along the lines of it's, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a means to an end. You don't just have this happen get right. through it and move on it's a part of you and you kind of own it for life but you just learn to adapt right yes that is something that um that, that is actually something that I tell everyone yeah um that was probably the best advice I got when my mom died yeah um and absolutely there is no you don't get over losing a loved one 
because no matter how briefly they were in your life, they formed part of you. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whatever changes you made, whatever hobbies you got into, whatever habits you did, whatever memories you made while you were with that person, that is part of you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You can't get over it. There's no, right. that doesn't work that way. We don't work that way. Yeah. That's refreshing to me to hear, you know, that the whole kind of mentality of, yeah, well, get over it, move on with your life. No, no. <laughs> I no, no you, you learn it's, it's to adapt. To with yeah. 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 It's learning to live with the new normal. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And it sucks. It sucks a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just, you know, that's kind of, the hand that you've been dealt, unfortunately, right. you know, some people win the lotto, some people lose their moms at 23. Like, I, I know which one I would rather. Right. But right. <laughs> here we are. But things um, that have helped you just, I wouldn't even say accept, but continue to find a purpose beyond, um, you know, the grief and continue to push forward. Obviously, helping others, sharing your story has helped. What else has helped you just in the, in that day-to-day, sometimes that mundane routine of... Of, I don't even want to do this today. What's helped? I am someone who um, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. That's not always beneficial because sometimes it's very hard to open that door back up. And that's kind of before I started doing my volunteering, I kind of got myself into that position where I couldn't get the door open. And that was part of my catalyst because by helping other people, I'm also kind of healing myself. Yes. Um, and one of the things I went to therapy, I'm a huge advocate for, for talk therapy. Um, even if there's nothing wrong in your life, you need someone who is like a neutral friend who can't complain back to you. Like you need (laughs) that person you can vent to. Yes. Um, absolutely. 100%. I don't care how great your life is. Go to talk to a therapist. It's it's preventative Um, too. It really is. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Um, and she really helped me recognize what I already knew, but was avoiding. And that's just that whole mentality that you have to lean into it. You can't avoid it. It's going to be there. It doesn't matter. You can avoid it. It's going to hit you at some time. Mm -hmm. And accepting that it's okay, that you don't move past something the way you think you should. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I do. That is, again, just kind of a refreshing angle other than, like you said, kind of what society has pigeonhole this into you know that we we there's more life to live you know there's more out there go do it go see it you know and also sometimes the mentality of you know today is today yes however some of those same experiences traumas pass heaviness those larger stones so to speak are still we still feel that day to day and it's still very real it's not something we can shed um you know within a short notice it's we're always going to carry that with us absolutely i my personality will always be myself plus i have these losses like they I are love a fundamental that. They're a fundamental part of me. Yep. They they make up the 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 fabric of who I am. Yeah, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I don't either. because good things have come out of me mm-hmm. by experiencing those losses. That I was a butthead when I was twenty. <laughs> I, I would be the first person to say that. Yeah, and same largely here. because my parents, who were alive at the time, are no longer here to like argue with me sure. about it. I'll admit it. Um, I was an absolute butthead when I was twenty three years old. I was kind of bitter when I first had my, you know, first couple of big losses yeah. as, as an adult. I didn't like that. Looking back, 
I don't like who that person was, but yeah. I couldn't be who I am. And I couldn't have moved past that had I not lived that experience. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful perspective. And I like how that just gave me chills when you said those that I've lost, that's I am Sarah and I'm also my identity is also in those loved ones that made me who I am. And I think that's, again, something that our listeners are going to find comfort and hope in is you don't have to, you know, kick those memories and ideas and those you know, just that part of you to the curb own that, like you said, because that can really help you move and yeah. move from day to day. And and sometimes the whole, you know, move forward, move on, just moving is enough. Just, okay, yep, tackle today and, and the next day. One thing that I came out of therapy with was, what one thing that my therapist had me do was talking to the people that I lost. So okay. writing letters to Ooh, okay. my mom, yeah, because, you know, especially as I've grown and I've had friends get married, I've yep. had friends have kids, I've had, my sister just got married a few months ago mm -hmm. and all these milestones that I don't get my mom for, Yep, you know, or I don't get my dad for, or I don't get to experience myself and sort of writing letters kind of like a diary but I'm not someone who has ever been very good like I like ooh, pretty diary and then I write like one day in it and <laughs> yeah. I don't look at it again for a year yep <laughs> <clears throat> but when I've got someone to write to mm -hmm. then I have a place to put it and there's times now where I'll just it doesn't even have to be writing I'll type it up on like my google drive or whatever and I'm just ranting about something that yes. happened at work yep. to my mom yep. because you know the other great thing is they can't make you like look at it responsibly I get to just vent yes and that's great and how, how comforting <laughs> how healing also it makes it real again instead of you yeah. know this is something I like you said I might push aside or not acknowledge it brings it to life again it brings that relationship back you're owning that um, you're making it seemed like they're not so far from you, which also helps that process right. of movement in life. I love that. I love that. I hope somebody does that if they're struggling with that. I really do. Well, and that, and I'm a big reader. Like mm -hmm. I have, nobody can see, but there's just a giant bookshelf next to me. Yeah. I'm a big reader. Um, I have books about grief all over my house, blogs, TED Talks, like all of it. Cool. Um, and even... I watched a video not too long ago, even this many years later, I was like, oh, I never thought about that. That's a great idea. I should think that, think of that. I should do it that way. Like people are always, there's always new people experiencing loss. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of the human condition. It is. But everyone deals with it differently. And you just may not think of, oh, hey, it's okay that I feel that way until someone else tells you that. Right. You know? So that's one thing with the group that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, I encourage everybody, like, go out and watch YouTube videos. Like, YouTube is gargantuan library full of TED Talks yes. and grief videos and grieving and counseling videos. And there's great books I can recommend. And although if you're a reader and all those kinds of things of just sort of. I describe it as taking my brain out and putting it on a shelf mm -hmm. and then just like reading the book and taking it in as someone who is just reading for fun. Yeah. Essentially. 
and taking that information in because then when I need it, I've got those tools. I love that. And it gives you some control back to what, you know, what was a circumstance or situation where you had none, you know, that knowledge, kind of cliche knowledge is power, but it really is because then you're able to, it's almost a superpower in a way because you have this unique experience that you've turned into um, where you're kind of the expert now on how to cope those tools needed, which I think is not to get too sentimental, but just kind of what was meant for harm now is used for good. And that is a true living example of how that's been the case. So great advice. Yes. Um, About the good grief, small group chats that we have, if someone wants to connect on one of those, I know someone mentioned that to me the other day. For those of you that don't know, uh, we do have uh, sessions that Sarah leads very organic, very friendly. And um, talk a little bit more about that if someone wants to just join. Yeah, um, it's just I, I describe it to people when people reach out. I describe it to people as, you know, just friends getting around having coffee. You don't have to have coffee, but just sort of getting together, having coffee and chatting. Sure. We talk about grief. Cool. If we're just talking about our weeks or something that bothered us. Cool. But it is a shared experience with people who have shared experiences. Because that is something that is unique to people who have experienced it. We're all going to go through it, but it's unique to the people who have experienced it. But it is a place where people can be vulnerable by people who get it. Mm -hmm. Because you, you can be someone who is the most understanding, the most empathetic, most loving, kind person in the world. But if you haven't experienced that loss, you don't get it you're still a great person. You're still someone people can rely on, but you just don't quite get it. And having that, especially with everything that's gone on in the world in the last two years, um, we wanted to have that, to use a cliched term, safe space for people where they can be vulnerable and talk about it with people they know, understand who are our peers. It's not a therapist. It's not, you know, burdening a loved one outside of outside of work. It's just people who understand. I love that. Yeah, a lot of power in that as well, because it is, you know, we're taking the thought and the barriers out of maybe having that type of conversation on your own. Like you said, yeah, not maybe burdening a loved one or someone that would have more of a biased view on anything. So if uh, you have had any type of loss. And like Sarah has said, that does not necessarily mean death. If you find yourself just even wanting to be a part of the conversation by having your camera off and listening in. And I've done that a few times. Um, It's been helpful just to hear and learn and grow from others and different perspectives and people grieve differently. And that's a cool opportunity to learn how maybe other ways might benefit you. So please contact Sarah if you're interested in joining uh, those small group chats. It's completely open door. Um, you know, sit at the same table in the, yep. in the lunchroom. Beautiful. Beautiful. So when you're there, you're there. And it is virtual. So it is not in person. Yep. It's virtual. So anybody anywhere, no matter where you're located, can take advantage of that and reap the benefits of just being with others that have exactly like Sarah said, a shared a similar experience. So again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining. And 
your future is right and I cannot wait to attend your TED talk someday because I know it's going <laughs> to happen. As you were talking, I'm like, yeah, yep. You're going to have a book. You're going to have a TED talk. I'm going to oh, be well, front and you. center and we're, <laughs> we're going to make, Nick's already nodding his head. We're going to make matching t-shirts or something to just embarrass the heck out of you. But when you've made it big, remember <laughs> us small people here at UFG because oh, I think that is very powerful and a lot of people are not willing to like you said, communicate about it because that's not what we've been taught. We've been taught, myself included, wall up, shy away, backpedal. Yep. Eh, you know, it'll go away if I just uh, pretend it didn't happen. So nope, very, yeah, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> it will come back tenfold, most likely. So yep. uh, just very, very good suggestions and good insight. Sarah, thank you so much for being transparent and sharing you your story and this may not be the lightest topic but you've somehow made it a bright light and enjoyable because it's something people need to hear and it's going to help somebody and we know that somebody listening this is for you if you've experienced any type of loss i hope you reach out to sarah and i hope you join in um and anyone if you're not ready to join the group or anything like that yeah. can also feel free to reach out okay. i'm happy to chat with anyone happy to provide i've done that for a couple of people oh, provide good. some what i found to be you know helpful resources totally yes yeah That's good option stuff. great to yep. know thank you again sarah and thank you so much listeners uh thanks for joining us for this real and transparent conversation around grief today and i hope you learned something and i hope you um join us again for our next episode but this was episode eight of winning wellness part of the ufg spirit podcast All content and information in the Spirit Podcast from UFG Insurance are for informational and educational purposes only, and we do not constitute professional advice of any kind. Although we strive to provide accurate information, the information presented here is not a substitute for any kind of professional advice of any kind or professional client relationship. You're responsible for conducting your own due diligence to ensure you have obtained complete accurate information as may be appropriate or suitable for your specific needs and circumstances. The opinions or recommendations stated in the Spirit Podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the company.